Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Have a comment about today's show? Visit RoyGreenShow.com. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You can follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. I found a very interesting story uh, the other day in the Federalist, and uh, 16 fake news stories reporters have run since Trump won. Is the uh, headline of the the article that's or the column that's in the Federalist, and it's written by Daniel Payne, who uh, writes not only for the Federalist but also has. A very popular blog, and the name of that is trialofthecentury.net, trialofthecentury.net, and I, I follow Daniel on, uh, on his blog. Now, I just want to read a couple of paragraphs, a few sentences, from the opening of uh, Daniel's story in The Federalist. We're in the midst of an epidemic of fake news. There's no better word to describe it than epidemic, insofar as it fits the epidemiological, whatever that word is, model from the Centers of Disease Control, This phenomenon occurs when an agent and susceptible hosts are present in adequate numbers and the agent can be effectively conveyed from a source to the susceptible host. The agent in this case is hysteria over Trump's presidency and the susceptible hosts are a slipshod, reckless and breathtakingly gullible media class that spread the hysteria around like, well, a virus. It is difficult to adequately sum up the breadth of this epidemic, chiefly because it keeps growing day after day, even hour after hour. The media continue to broadcast, spread, promulgate, publicize, and promote fake news on an industrial scale. It has become a regular part of our news cycle, not distinct from or extraneous to, but a part of it, embedded within the news apparatus as a spoke is embedded in a bicycle wheel. Daniel Payne, good to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me here. We're glad to be here. Yeah, 16. And you know, as I read through the list of 16, I started to recognize them one after another after another, and they made headlines. And uh, the first one that you um, that you uh, get at is the spike, uh, supposed spike in transgender suicide rates, and that ran in early November. Let's talk about that. Yeah, well, I should just point out at first that, that tearing down the number of fake news events to 16 was itself something of a, of a heroic accomplishment. Uh, you know, otherwise I might have been able to do two or three hundred, but, but nobody would read that length of an article. But uh, the, the, the first one that I came across, uh, and they, they were listed in chronological order, was um, this report that flew around uh, the Internet and social media uh, just after Trump's win, um, and it claimed that uh, there were uh, numerous transgender suicides uh, by, by teenagers. A bunch of t- uh, transgender teenagers had committed suicide in the wake of Trump's victory in November. Um, now, this took off. Uh, people tweeted it out. Uh, you know, some journalists and media types tweeted it out. It was reported on a number of, uh, of websites, and uh, it just went nuts. And people were holding it up as this example of, of how awful Trump's win was, how this, uh, you know, sent these vulnerable people into this tailspin of despair and eventually suicide. Um, and then it pretty quickly became clear that there was absolutely no evidence to back this up, um, that the rumor had spread 
far and wide without any sort of uh, corroborating evidence whatsoever. Um, and the, the, the few people that are the people that wrote about it and shared it and tweeted about it, uh, you know, eventually walked back their statements and said, oh, actually, we're, we're not sure that this is really real. We can't verify it. Uh, but by that point, the damage had been done, and nobody really paid attention to those corrections at all. So it was a, a textbook kind of crystal clear case of, of how fake news works, especially in the age of Trump. And, you know, Daniel, the the view of many people has been that fake news is really the is owned by uh, non-professional journalists with an agenda to drive on social media. Not the case, because major news organizations, as you point out in your column, in your article, major news organizations were the source of much of this fake news. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have, you have folks at the New York Times, the New York Magazine, the Washington Post, Politico, uh, you know, various uh, large magazines and newspapers around the United States. Uh, that are, are propagating this information on kind of an industrial scale. Uh, you know, leading up to the election, there was this this popular idea of fake news as a, you know, the, the province of some, uh, you know, a bunch of bloggers in apartments somewhere in Southern California writing stuff up that was totally fake and getting rich off of it. And that phenomenon was real. But in the, in the wake of the election and the months that have followed, You've seen that that mantle of fake news shift from sort of anonymous nobodies, uh, you know, maybe working out of their parents' basement, to to really the the, the legacy media that we're all familiar with, the newspapers, uh, internet uh, publications, and blogs. So it's really shifted to a much more professional and and sort of uh, you know accepted medium, and it's been spread much farther that way. We don't have time to go through all sixteen. We probably have time for maybe two or three more. But talk to us about the twenty-seven cent foreclosure story. Yeah. So um, shortly after uh, the election, it was probably about uh, three weeks after after Trump won. Um, an essay was published by Lorraine Wollert that claims that um, the nomination of the of Trump's nomination for the Secretary of the Treasury uh, had once overseen a company that had foreclosed on an, uh, I think an elderly widow because she she missed a uh, 27 cents in her mortgage payment now as you might imagine this this story went absolutely viral it was retweeted all over the place it was shared uh, 17,000 times on Facebook uh, it was shared by a journalist from the New York Times, NBC News, the Associated Press. It just went nuts and took off, and it was reported on by a lot of other websites besides. And then eventually it came out, of course, after the fact and after it had gone viral, that, uh, in fact, the woman was never foreclosed on, um, and she never lost her home, and it wasn't uh, Newton's bank that actually brought the suit against her. So it was, it was absolutely uh, a place of where... The author of the piece had not verified anything, had not checked any of her facts, had just gone straight to press with these sensationalist claims, and it took off and, and really kind of became part of the, the political consciousness. For, uh, you know, and I, I imagine you'll still be able to find people who believe it. Oh, I'm sure. It, it went terribly viral. I'm sure. Now, we in about 30 seconds, share with us what may be the most famous or infamous of the fake news stories, and that is Zeke Miller from Time Magazine reporting that on this first afternoon in the Oval Office, Donald Trump removed the bust of Martin Luther King Jr. Right. Zeke Miller happened to be in the Oval Office at the time, took a look around and couldn't find uh, the bust of Martin Luther King that had been there before, uh, asked a person or two if they had seen it, and they said they hadn't. 
And he considered that satisfactory enough evidence to claim that Trump had removed it. And that claim went nuts on social media and caused a big flurry, and a lot of people were upset. And then it just eventually turned out that he was wrong. He just hadn't seen it. It was behind the door. And he eventually issued a correction that, you know, of course, nobody read. Well, I, I just found this uh, article to really be fascinating. And it, there's 16 of them, folks. If you you get the Federalist or go to Federalist.com and you have a look at the February 6th edition, 2017, you will see the uh, 16 fake news stories reporters have run since Trump won. And it's by Daniel Payne, whose blog is Trial of the Century. Net. Daniel, thank you so much for the time. We'll call you again. Roy, thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. All the best. We'll come back uh, on the Roy Green Show on the Cordless Radio Network and tell you about the next hour. You will not want to miss what we'll have.